We're actually starting a new series this week that'll go through September in the book of Joshua. And uh, what a great place for us to go. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And I just want to take a couple minutes and encourage us from God's word and and hopefully set the stage a little bit for where we're going as a church uh, in the next month or so. Joshua chapter 1, listen to these words. These are God's words. These are not mine. They actually have more authority and more importance than anything else that will be said this morning. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray together. God, as we open your word here briefly, would you drive its truth into our hearts? God, we live in such a time of fear and discouragement. The things around us are daunting. We feel so incapable for what lies ahead. And yet you are great. We sang about your greatness, but, but we, we only know it in part. God, would you remind us that our hope is in you, our trust is in you, and it is time for all of us, wherever we are, to go forward by faith. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, it's pretty tough to miss in those last few verses what the theme of the book of Joshua is, isn't it? It's actually an idea that's repeated over and over again, and it's very simple. Be strong and be courageous to follow God wherever he wants you to go. Now, that can be a very simple thing to say. It looks good on, you know, memes. It looks good on, we put up on Facebook. But I think for most of us, as we wake up every morning, it can be very hard to be strong and courageous. And maybe that's just because we had a terrible night's sleep, right? Or maybe that's because we're dealing with something with our kids. Maybe that's just because we look at the world around us and we've made the mistake of turning on the news. You know, we probably should just turn it right back off, right? Or we scroll through our Facebook feed and all of a sudden we, we feel very small. We feel very fearful. Maybe we're very discouraged by what's happened to us before. And what we learn in the book of Joshua is that God is not small. 
by showing that God is big, that he's great, that he's powerful, and that his word to us is something we can plant our lives on and be brave. Now, now I can't imagine that standing here, Joshua really felt very brave, right? We read these verses and we get really, you know, excited, but I would guess he, he, he felt pretty terrified, right? The, the verses start with this simple fact, after the death of Moses. And verse two says, God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, it's, it's very hard for us to grasp how monumental a statement that is. I mean, all these people had ever known was the great leader Moses. You think about uh, back in American history, presidents that, that have led our country well, and, and that's been our experience. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. And I think about what, what our country must have felt like when Lincoln was assassinated. And, and just how this, this path that seemed to be going forward, that was headed to a good place, all of a sudden, in a moment, it just it went out. I think we can think of key people that God has used in our own life, that we've followed their example, and, and they've been meaningful to us, and, and they've had a big impact, and all of a sudden, they're gone, and we wonder what, what will happen next? It's interesting to me as I read God's word that God is very rarely as traumatized as we are. In fact, God's matter-of-factness in these situations is really interesting. God does not minimize the fact that Moses is gone, but he goes, Moses is gone, time to go forward. That, that chapter has closed, time for the new chapter. And Joshua, it's you. So, so Joshua and the people are living through a scary transition. Joshua, even though he had been the sidekick, even though he'd been the second guy, there's a difference when you stand in that first place of responsibility and everybody's looking to you. So they lived through scary transition and they were no, by no means this really experienced group of people. Joshua was a new leader. The whole generation before had died in the wilderness. And so here's a, a whole generation that stands on the edge of the promised land, ready to take the land God had promised and they're probably very scared. Have you ever been there? Have you ever stepped into a new stage of life and gone, I want to go back in the old stage. <laughs> Can you bring back whatever was before? Have you ever been on the edge of something new and just been, been very, very fearful of it? You ever felt that you were inexperienced and, it, and the task in front of you was impossible? Not only was it a scary transition, but they were, it was daunting the circumstances. Right? When they looked across into the land... They looked across the Jordan River. The obstacles had to be overwhelming. The Jordan River at this time uh, in the calendar year was flowing at some of its highest places. And God said, oh yeah, well, you're going to cross that. And they must have been like, nope. The walls of Jericho were huge. The enemies inside were daunting. I mean, go to Numbers 13. I'll show you this real quick. The people of Israel had been here before and said, I don't know if we want to we go forward right now. God had brought them to this place, to the land he had promised to give them. And in verse 25 of Numbers chapter 13, the spies who had spied out the land brought back their report. They brought back word, the middle of verse 26 says, to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. It's an amazing place. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides this, we saw the descendants of Anak there. It was a daunting group of people. 
The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Caleb and Joshua, two of the spies who want the Israelites to go forward, try to quiet the people, right? But it doesn't happen. The congregation, the beginning of chapter 14, says they raised a loud cry and they wept that night and they end up saying, we're not going forward. There are daunting obstacles. But even more than the, if you go back to Joshua 1, even more than the scary transition and the daunting circumstances, Joshua 1 is honest about the weakness of our own hearts. In verse 9, God says this to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. That's another word for discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you often find yourself fearful and discouraged? You know what fear is? Fear is when we look ahead and we wonder what might happen. It's the what if. It's what scares us as parents. It's the thought of reading in the baptismal. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like I could get up there and forget how to say words. Fear is looking ahead. What might happen? Do you know what discouragement is? Discouragement is when we look back at what has happened. And in our own hearts, we go, I don't know if I want to do what God wants me to do next. I've been down the road of talking to my friends or neighbors about Jesus, and it didn't go very well, and I don't know if I want to do that again. I'd rather just keep these relationships in a safe and happy place. I've gotten connected to people before, and then I've ended up getting betrayed or hurt. I've tried to walk with someone as they follow Jesus, and it just, it just didn't go well, and it fell apart, and I, I don't think I'm the right person for this. We get discouraged. Do you know God doesn't want you to be paralyzed by your past or your future? You know what he wants you to do? He wants you to live by faith and follow him today. God has only given you enough grace for today. He, he's only given you enough strength for what he's calling you to do today. He hasn't asked you to figure it all out in the future. Some of us try to play God and figure it all out in the future. God hasn't asked you to do that. Some of us don't believe God can still help us because we've been hurt by the past. But the reality is, God wants you to go forward by faith. Not because you've got it figured out. He actually wants you to go forward by faith because of who he is. Did you see that? God has made us promises. Look at verse three. Well, let's start in verse two. Now arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised it to Moses. And then he goes on to explain what that will look like. We have two things that ought to anchor our faith. God's word and God himself. The reason that for some of us our faith is so unstable, the reason we're so afraid to go forward is we're looking inside and we're looking around. And the whole book of Joshua is about if, if you're trying to figure it all out yourself, and if you're trying to trust in the things that you see, you're going to live in fear and discouragement or failure. Actually see it kind of all come crashing down at one point for Joshua and the Israelites. But the heart of Joshua is this. If you have your eyes on God and you're listening to what he has to say, then you can live with great hope. God goes on to say, I've made these promises to you, but then look at verse five. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you or forsake you. If we're looking at our circumstances and we're looking at ourselves, we're going to miss what God wants us to remember. He actually wants us to wake up every morning and go, I'm not alone today. I don't have to figure this all out on my own. I don't have to live life in my own strength. I've actually got a God who saved me, who has made promises to me. I can trust him, and he'll be with me. And, and I certainly wouldn't say this in a, in a prosperity sort of way, but I would say what, what God says here is if you follow him in that way, nothing can stop you. And the point isn't there that you become a superhero. The point there is that the God of the universe wants to work in and through you wherever he has you. And so that's why he says, be strong and courageous. Haven't I commanded you? The idea of strength is an inner strength of character. The idea of courage is that you live that out in action. So it's an unmissable theme in the book of Joshua to go forward, be strong and very courageous. But it's interesting where the book of Joshua falls in the Bible. And can I just take two minutes to really encourage you this morning? If you went way back to the book of Genesis, Joshua is the sixth book in the Bible, right? If you know your books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Do you know what happens in Genesis? We get a picture of where this all came from and and how the world came into existence and who God is and how he operates. We learn about God. But then in chapter 12, God starts calling a people to be his own. Do you remember the man he starts with? Guy named Abraham. A guy with no kids, and it didn't look like he and his wife could have kids. And God said, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to make a great nation. And he made three promises to Abraham. He would call out a people to be his own, make you a great nation. He would give them a place, and in that people, the whole world would be blessed. So he promised a people and a place and, and blessing for everyone that they came in contact with. And so he started building his people. But then they end up in Egypt, right? It's not going well. They end up in slavery. And by the way, the, the, the nation of Egypt in the Bible is a picture of going down to, to a place that's not good. It's actually a picture of sin and slavery and where we all are without Jesus. It's that picture. And so God's people are there in Egypt and then God rescues them. He delivers them. He saves them. That's what we celebrated this morning. God's rescue from sin. But then they struggle. And they wander right up to the edge of the promised land. We read about that. And they say, no deal. And they go backwards. And they wander around in the wilderness in a mix of faith and faithlessness and struggle. But there's a day coming. Because God has promised them a place. He's promised to give them the promised land. So I would call it that. So they wander. Leviticus tells us about how to follow God and how to live in holiness with him. Deuteronomy rehashes it all. And we come to Joshua. On the edge of the place God has promised. Can you relate to that sort of journey? Can you relate to a life where sin reigned and other things were in control, but then God rescued you? And and it didn't change immediately overnight in the sense that everything became perfect, right? And you were with God in heaven. It didn't happen overnight, did it? How many of you have wandered a little bit in your life? I have. How many of you have been through some ups and downs of faith? 
How many of you have wondered if you're going to make it? And then there's Joshua. Because what we're going to learn in the book of Joshua is that God always brings his people home. He's prepared a place. Can you hear the echoes of the next section of your Bible in these words? In fact, the name Joshua has that idea of God saves. But the real Savior was coming, wasn't he? The book of Joshua is imperfect. The people of Israel don't get it all right. Joshua is not a perfect leader. But there's one coming. For me, I hear the echoes of Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, that Mary would bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I hear the echoes of 1 Peter chapter 2 that talks to Christians and says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for Jesus' own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You know, God is calling a people from all over this world who don't belong together, who don't fit together, who come from all different economic statuses, all different races, all different places, all different situations, and God is making a people once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And maybe most powerfully, I hear the echoes of Jesus when he said this, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Can you hear the echoes of Romans 8 that we just finished going through as a church family? Those who he called, he justified, and those who he justified, he will glorify. I love the words of amazing grace. Tis grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. It's been a crazy summer of travel around here. I don't know if you've experienced this. I feel like, I don't know if, it's, if travel's up like 50%, but it kind of feels that way. I was talking to somebody about this, and they said there's actually a term for it this year. It's called revenge travel. <laughs> so everyone who didn't get to travel last year got their hotels canceled and their flights canceled, and they were like, hey, you can use that next year. Well, this is next year. It was like, gone, 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 gone. I feel like I talked to people, and they're like, and I'm going out next week, and I'm going out the next week. Anybody felt that way this summer? Like, man, there was a lot of, okay, nobody, great. Uh, there was a lot <laughs> It's a great illustration. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Can you cut that from the live stream? We're going to just pray now. No. But isn't there something incredibly special about coming home? I mean, let's be honest. Your home is not as nice as the hotel you stayed in. Um, The Great Salt Lake is not uh, the California beach or the North Carolina beach or the Florida beach. It's not a particularly uh, perfectly clean and, uh, you know, just, but it's home. And there's something about coming back from a trip and being home that's special. And and from what we see in the book of Joshua to what your home is like, it just all pales in comparison to the fact that one day God is going to bring his people home. Can I just ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? I mean, mean, it's great to, to, to celebrate with these teens and adults who have made their faith their own, who've made certain they know Jesus. 
that he's their savior personally. But is he yours? Are you part of his people? Are you one of his sheep is what Jesus would, how Jesus would say it? Have you turned from your sin and trusted him? Not because your parents said you should or because, you know, somebody you respect, your faith is in them. Is Jesus yours? If he is, then you're one of his people. And he's promised his people, I go to prepare a place for you. So when we really get that God's promises are great, that his presence is always with us, then it encourages us to take whatever that next step is today. For the group that got baptized today, that was a next step for them, right? It's scary, (laughs) it's wet. Danny didn't drown anyone, so I was positive, right? We got, we're seven for seven, right? Down and up, right? It's great. But they took the next step. It's a picture. I wonder what the next step is for you. I wonder as you follow God, as you go forward, and maybe it's a step like that. Maybe it's that you've never put your trust in Christ for yourself. That's a step. Maybe it's just committing and plugging into this church family and jumping into a community group or finding a place to serve. Maybe that's the next step. Or maybe the next step is in your home. We've been talking about marriage and family the last couple weeks. Maybe it's that some of us have unplugged as dads a little bit or, or we've given up as moms. <laughs> oh, we're going through the motions, but we're, we've kind of checked out. Maybe it's an area of personal growth, a sin to fight, a habit to address, something that needs to be added to your life or subtracted. Maybe it's just walking with God day in and day out. I don't know what the next step is for you. It looks different for almost every person. But I hope that the book of Joshua encourages us that the future is certain if you know Jesus. So live in confidence today. You say, I don't know what's going to happen in this country. I don't have a clue. I have theories. You probably don't want to hear them. And they're probably as bad as your theories or good as your theories, right? None of us know that. But as Joshua and these people stood on the edge of the Jordan River, you know what they did know? God was big. God was with them, and he had made promises he was going to keep. And you know what that means? We can go. We can go forward. So this all may come crumbling down. It might. Gas might be $30 a gallon. I don't know. It'll be okay. If you know Christ, if Jesus is your Savior, if you're walking with God, the future is secure. He's bringing you home. You have a place. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. As we look around, we see all kinds of things that that make us fearful. We probably have some things in our past that make us discouraged. But even as we celebrate today, would would you lift our eyes above? Would you turn our eyes to Jesus? Would you turn our eyes to your greatness? Would we behold you? Would we stop freaking out about the little stuff and the things that make us uncomfortable and the things we wish were different? We'll be, we be reminded that you have a plan, you have a purpose, you have a place for us. And God, I pray for anyone who might be wrestling with, with if they've ever put their trust in Jesus, that today that might be the next step for them. But give us courage, we pray. Fill us with your strength. Help us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, that we might walk by faith in whatever you've called us to do and wherever you've called us to be. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.